This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 543 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Thursday, April 26th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on? Kyle Gibson is amazing. <laughs> Sweet win that he got. Oh, wait, he did oh, Fernando Rodney again. Yeah, when's Rodney going to lose his job? We're holding We're holding Addison Reed in, uh, in the main event looking to get that extra closer there. Come on, come on. What, what, what are we waiting for here? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, he's Gary one of goes, those guys that like never dies. Like, no, no. I mean, the fact that, and that's why, like, I respected that he was going to get the job. And but you know, this is about it, though, right? You you you, you acknowledge that he's going to hold it for like a month, and then it starts to come into peril. And lo and behold, Fernando Rodney three run bomb to uh, to Gary Sanchez. He's given up runs in three of his last four outings. Uh, hits in each of his last five outings like the wheels are starting to wobble in fact hits in what is this one two three four five six seven seven of his last eight outings including multiple multiple hits five different times the bottom line a lot of numbers there the bottom line is rodney's starting to get knocked around and yeah he's a little bit of an ageless wonder to even still be going at 41 and be entrusted with a closers role but now he's blown saves in three of his last four outings now they happen to win one of those the the, the first of that back on 411 but this is a team that that fancies itself a contender and should by the way like i think they're a solid club they're not uh, i think they're actually in third right now this year because the tigers are so awesome and definitely going to get a wild card maybe <laughs> win the division who knows we'll see uh but <laughs> but uh no i definitely think you know eight and 11 i'm not i'm not really freaking out about the twins that's you know a little win streak away from from being you know just behind cleveland so the bottom line is they keep giving away these dubs late I think they got to get Reed in there. Not that Reed has been perfect. He even gave up a run in this particular game as well. But I don't think it's uh, out of bounds at all to suggest that he's not just better than Rodney, but markedly so. Are we worried at all about Reed's velocity drop? It's like almost two miles an hour. I mean, you're always got to be consider, you know, considerate when it's when it's something like that. Because once you start to get around that mile and a half plus. And you said it's two. Okay, you, you start to care a little bit, but when you see absolutely no degradation in the results, otherwise, it really doesn't bother me that much, right? Because like, wh- where are we seeing it? The strikeout rate is f- flat. 
the the walk rate is essentially flat, five to six percent. So it's up a tick, nothing. Um, the swing strike rate is down a couple ticks, fourteen to twelve percent. But again, that's nothing. If you got a couple swinging strikes today, it could be back to the same. Hits are down, homers down. You know, everything is is as good or better despite the velo drops. So no, I'm not particularly worried right now. I would want to compare Addison Reed April to April to see if he's like a ramp up sort of guy, mm-hmm. um, or if he if he comes out firing. But either way, I'm not that concerned because I haven't seen anything to suggest that the the velo is a concern. And and again. You know, I think he. I think even with that, he's still markedly better than than Rodney. They like they need to make the switch. So the the only concern, and I'm I'm gonna actually look at his uh, his Vila from last year and see uh, see where it's see where it was at. Um, if I can find it, and of course I can't. Um, but anyways, you, you talk. I'll find it for you. I okay. You. Um, the only the only concern I have is. He is not getting on top of hitters. His first uh, strike, uh, first pitch strike rate is uh, uh, down quite a bit. It's down almost ten percent. Definitely puts from the definitely puts the walk rate in, in into question. You 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 usually see that tied to walk rate. Uh, uh, okay, so you look last year, and he did come out. He was at ninety two one in April. He did have some outings of. 90-91, but they were all balanced by some 90-92s and 93s. So the bottom line was he got to his velo, Addison Reed did, and this year he's not really. Let me see it by outing if he's even spiking up there. No, he's really not. He's really just sitting at that 90-91 mark this year. So I don't know if this is a new operating level or if you say, like you say, you know, getting behind guys on on the first pitch strike rate. Definitely something to keep an eye on, but again, and to your point, his his walk rate is up this year. So I mean, you know, it's I, I I'm not freaking out, and I'm not dropping my shares of Addison Reed because I think he is the next man up. But definitely yeah, they, something to like, I don't even know who else is in that bullpen. That's what I was going to say, though. I don't even know where they'd go. Maybe Ryan Presley. He's been out of his mind so far this year with mm-hmm. 13 scoreless innings and 18 strikeouts. But I, I still think he's got to be third in line. They have to give Reed the shot. I mean, they don't have to, but they will give Reed the shot. I feel confident in that. Yeah. The contract, the perform, the fact that he's done it, and and the fact that he's beasting too, right? It's like it, despite the drop in in velo and getting behind. He's not really feeling the effect. So hold your Reed shares. Check your wire to see if he's available. It's starting to get wobbly with Rodney. But Reed was drafted in just about – he was in every league I was in and and probably most of y'all's leagues. But just take a look just in case. Obviously, that was a derailment because Kyle Gibson ruins everything. So let's actually talk about good stuff, things that matter. <laughs> Ron. Ronald Acuna is finally here. He was called up, and he's wasted no time uh, making an impression on folks. One of my one of my Twitter friends, big big uh, Braves fan, told me that he was like measured at a thirty point three sprint speed uh, yesterday, which you know is, is top of the scale. Uh, you know, he came in as a sixty grade on our site, seventy grade on him. Like we know he's really fast. Obviously, that shows kind of top of the scale. We'll see if he can maintain that. And then, of course, Acuna hits his first home run today. Uh, to, to keep to keep folks just foaming at the mouth with excitement. I think he also hit a uh, RBI. I don't know if it was one run or two run double, but uh, he had a big day today. Uh, this afternoon already, d- the game's over. He went three for four with two ribbies. And t- okay, so it would be uh, the one the solo homer and the RBI double and two runs scored. Uh, Albies, of course, stays hot. He was amazing. I know this is about Acuna, but I just got to mention two for five with his eighth homer of the year and off a righty. He'd been beasting on lefties. But uh, Acuna, 
obviously he's on a roster in every league, right? And it, there would be – I can't imagine why he wouldn't be. Let's let's quickly, because it, it's such a small contingent, let's assume there's leagues where it's like if he's in the minors, you can't draft him. There's no minor league draft, so he is going to be available. Do you go 100% on the fab even if you have z- no $0 bids? Because if you have $0 bids, I think – I think you probably just push in and then try to get a bunch of zero dollar guys the rest of the year. But what would you do in those few leagues, you know, where Acuna is available uh, with the Fab this weekend? Man, that's that's a really hard question. I I think you have to go. You have to be super aggressive if you want him. I mean, if you want him, you're going to have to spend seventy five to one hundred percent your Fab because someone else yeah. will. I don't even think any less than 80 gets it done if you want to leave yourself some wiggle room. And if you guys know your leagues better than we do, so if people aren't as aggressive and, and if it isn't, if there are no zero dollars and people aren't, you know, rel- uh, are reluctant to go like the full bore, so they're stuck with nothing the rest of the year, then you can, you can back down appropriately. But I think, I think the starting price is like 80%, whether you have $1 bids or zero dollar bids. Yeah. I think, it, well, I think if you have zero dollar bids, you just, you do ninety percent to a hundred and and just yeah. do it. I mean, yeah. And I know I I was really uh, critical of uh, the the fact that I didn't think he would be up uh, this early. Um, I'm still surprised uh, the Braves uh, have done it. Um, Why? I mean, I mean, I remember you saying it, and I, I it was nice cold water to just be kind of mindful of it. But I mean, they're playing well. They're fourteen and ten. You know get get him up now and see what's there and if he could be the impact that a lot of people think Ronald Acuna can it, it could change their season this year and, and and is there anything left to prove in AAA like well like what, what what's the value of leaving him down I guess would be the question Service at this time. I mean you keep you keep him down and, yeah and, and you and you you know th- this is a uh, an Atlanta team that isn't ready to compete even though they they've they've started off fairly well um you know their their window starts probably next year or the year after. They've got a ton of minor league talent that's going to be coming up. Uh, you know, right now they're in third place with Washington behind them, who's not going to stay there. So, like it's this isn't a team that's ready to win right now. And so, like, why? What do they gain as an organization by bringing Acuna up, an um, elite player, and and they start getting him prepared with major leagues like that i don't see the value in keeping him down you say service time they already got the extra year like how far do you keep it going and at what cost right he was already you know kind of pissed that he didn't break camp and you know that that's fair because he doesn't really he didn't really have anything left to prove i think it was worth well then you know, like, he, why why did they go out and why like why did they go out and like fill this team with crappy veterans like you know if you're gonna do that just because you know they're gonna the be guys replaced bring all the guys up that are ready but, i mean they've got well, three pitchers who are who are virtually major league ready at this point um you know that are that are going to be really really good pitchers or at least i think they're going to be very very good pitchers uh sure in soroka uh gohara and uh and copia lard uh you know just just bring bring them all up like just don't stop with this crap you know why why sign a guy like jose batista that you're going to put in front of austin riley just like you know if, if this is the time because you still have to have contingency plans too right you, you, you but with acuna it's completely different I, I don't even think discussing those other guys i think it's unfair to acuna to suggest that they're anywhere near his level well, this is not, supposed to be I'm the not... generational 
I'm not over the top number one. I'm not suggesting he like they're like in the same in the same level or in the same camp. I'm saying like this like this is should be an organizational philosophy. Either you're going to like bring guys up when they're ready, or you're not. Like you know, I think we, they do and, though. Well, we, I, I think we saw shown... pre- we saw previously. This is a new front office. Like you know, I I assumed, or at least I figured, a different front office is going to approach it differently. The signings, uh, you know, and and I'll eat my crow. I was wrong. I mean, I wasn't as wrong as I think people are making it out to be. Uh, those who've, who've given me a Didn't little you bit say of like crap. May fifteenth. Uh, I'm yeah. I mean, I I said after Memorial Day. Um, yeah, and that, everybody were, else was like super fourteenth. You know? They were two weeks. You were a full month. I think. I think that's a super out. That's like someone saying so. that Kyle Gibson is good. But at the end of the day, like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think this proves that the April fourteenth, even though he didn't come up on April fourteenth, I think the people who 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 said April fourteenth were right. I think if if Acuna had been raking to yes. you know start. 100%. Uh, he would have been up, but then then he struggled, and uh, you know you can't like then bring up the struggling guy and be like, nope, he's ready. No, like, it gave, wait, it gave you just said he wasn't to... ready for two weeks, and now he's ready, even though he's struggling. So exactly, exactly, and and I, I agree with you there, and and I and I appreciate that uh, that you're willing to take your L's when when they come. I just. I, I can't get behind you that there would be any value to keeping him down. I think you bring up guys. You, you got to let this guy who's a generational talent. Yeah, they're, pro- they're not going to probably compete this year. Like they're probably not because honestly, Philly's doing. Um, I you know I thought one of these two teams would be really frisky. So far, they both been, but Philly's been like really good. They're quietly like fifteen and eight, um, and I think they have a little bit more because they have. What I believe to be better pitching, and that's where I think uh, that's where I think Atlanta kind of falls short in terms of trying to compete this year. But I still see no value in keeping Ronald Acuna down at AAA and just kind of letting him fester there because that that's and, what it and is. And I don't, point. I mean, I don't see the there. value necessarily in it either. I just think from an organizational standpoint. Teams don't care. <laughs> like they they want to hold no, down I, the service time. They want to. I think you got to balance it though. No, I. I I don't know. I, I think they do, right? Because I don't know that you would save service time at the at the expense of your player's development and and you know keeping a guy down when he's ready. Like you have to show that it is a meritocracy that when you perform, you get called up. He had the year that he had last year. He gets all the accolades. Yeah, he got off to a slow start, but everyone knew that that was just a few games of, of, of a slow start. So I don't know. And this one, like that, once you got that extra year, the the you know everyone kept saying it would be the 14th or whatever. Once it was past that point. I think it's good. I don't see any reason to keep him down until Super 2. I, I just don't think that the savings are enough um, that that it wouldn't be worth just bringing him up anyway. Because I, I hope more teams start doing this. I mean, you know, I want to see the top talent. Like, I'm tired of seeing the AJ Pucks tear their UCLs in the minor leagues. I think even know? with pitching, it's, it's even more so that uh, teams should be aggressive. Are you f- kidding me with this? What is this guy doing? <laughs> Leave. I'm so angry right now. I feel like he's getting closer. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> I really hope that whacker hits his legs and just cuts his ankles or something. I'm so oh, angry. It's super close right now. <laughs> is he in my room? <laughs> oh, my God. You can leave all that in. I don't care. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, we, we've covered Acuna. He's a stud. 
we're saying you have to be u- uber uber aggressive and, and and that's obvious um don't trade you know well uh, would you trade him right now like if you oh, had I him totally you would trade him right now and you were just like i got acuna I, I paid at the draft but i'm not like i'm not a prospect guy or what you know if you were that type of guy you would trade him what would you be trying to not necessarily players but like what are you, what are you trying to do are you trying to fill like three holes or are you just trying to get like a superstar give me a superstar give me a give me a guy that was a top you know 30 to 50 pick that's struggling right now um you know that is super loud it's so loud dude it's so loud <laughs> and i hate this guy <laughs> I swear he's doing it on purpose. It's probably Kyle Gibson. <laughs> That's the second job. He had to get a landscaping job because he figured he'd be out of the league with back-to-back 507 ERAs. Does it sound less? I turned the gain down on the microphone a little bit, hoping that maybe it wouldn't pick it up so well as if he was weed-whacking in my office. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bit better now. God, I hate that guy. Okay, so you're trying to get the star if you're going to trade Acuna. Uh, I'm probably just riding it out. If you, you know, th- that's an outlier situation. I don't think most people are agnostic enough to take a guy like that at the price you had to take him to then turn around and trade him. I think if you have Acuna, you're kind of you're you're, you're riding it out. You're trying to get that dream season. You're yeah, hoping. I mean, he- yeah, you're you're either you're either riding it out or you're trying to get the dream season, like you said. Like like, but there are people who think right now is the time to buy. Like, I did a poll yesterday on that exact topic. Like, are you buying, selling, or holding? Uh, you know, 357 people voted. 24% said buy. Like, 24% okay. are, like, going to go and try to buy this right now. And the fact that he hit a home run in his second game oh, yeah. oh, just yeah. makes people go crazy. So, like, I mean, yeah, if I'm getting, you know, I'm trying to think of who would be uh, – you know, like a struggling star, like to go out and get. Um, well, it's not even a struggling star, though. What if somebody offers you, like, I, I guess that means it'd be more obvious then. I, I'm, yeah, stupid question, I guess. Because I was gonna say, like, what about like just okay, Degrom? You know, I'll just yeah. give you, I'll just give you this big stud pitcher. Because actually, somebody I, I picked him specifically because somebody sent a trade. I don't know if it was to both of us, um, or maybe Eno was tagged, and it was like, should I trade Ozzy for? this package of DeGrom, Kingery, and Bueller. And he didn't say how many teams, so I don't know how valuable like Bueller is or whatever, or even Kingery to that degree. But I would just do it I, I would just do it for DeGrom. And I love Albies, but if I needed the ace, then I would just do that. So would you do like a Cunha for DeGrom? Oh for sure. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Let, let me do let me find that struggling star you're talking about. And we usually focus on either pitcher for hitter or or different position because outfielder for outfield those trades just don't happen um what about james paxton and his 561 era would you do that Mm, no i think i'm aiming higher than paxton especially because the injury risk yeah yeah that's fair not almost barely a risk right just Mm -hmm. the injury the injury that's like coming um archer was i believe ranked higher was he ranked higher by you as well uh they're right in the same neighborhood Okay, so then it's a no. Okay, uh, let's see here. McCullers, he's he's got a four sixty seven. It's not really struggling, and you know he's like one good start from being probably like a three sixty, and nobody would even blink at that. But what about what about McCullers? Same deal as Paxton, though, I guess. Yeah, I mean, 
I the the underlying numbers on McCullers are just so nice. Um, you know, he's definitely a guy I want to go out and get. But like, if I could do like Acuna and for McCullers and another piece, sure. And you get the outfielder, and then you mm-hmm. give him like a cut pit, your worst pitcher because you have to cut someone anyway. So you probably just give back your your worst pitcher or, who, or whoever you would cut, mm-hmm. even if it was somebody else. Okay, let me try to find some struggling hitters that aren't outfielders to try a couple more here. What about? Here's one that, like, when I say it, most people are going to say, no, no way, man, no freaking way. But it's that steady veteran who you're not thinking of, of, like, being a stud, but he's just still a stud. Edwin. Edwin Encarnacion. That was the guy I'm thinking of. Um, Encarnacion. I don't know. Someone's going to say I said it wrong. He's hitting 173, but he has five yaks. He started off slow last year. He is 35, though, right? So it's like... I almost feel like you should be getting more. Like, I I feel like, you know, we saw Acuna going, like, inside the top 100 at times in drafts, and it wasn't like Edwin... Like, I I feel like you should be getting a top 35 player because of the hype. Like, I don't don't necessarily think that Acuna is going to be a top 35 player this year. I think... Yeah, but if you're trading him right now, you've got to get that. No, I agree. Yeah, so, like... Anthony Rizzo, like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you have to. Like, I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say you have to. And and, and honestly, I think if I, I if think I you can is the thing. I think you can. Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't want to say have to because I don't believe that you you have to. Especially if you needed speed. Like, if speed is your big thing and you get Acuna up, you're like, well, damn, I just got an infusion of hopefully upwards of twenty plus stolen bases, maybe maybe thirty plus with the with the speed that he, the raw speed that he has if he gets on base and they allow him to do that. But yeah, I think that that's very open, uh, like a Springer. What about here's one, and I don't think he's performing super high right now. Let me give you this one because I don't know if I would do this one. Alex Bregman, he's been kind of he hasn't been the the garbage he was to start last year or even to start his career. He's, he's kind of known for slow starts now, but he is only at you know a six eighty nine OPS and just kind of meandering along. If you have Bregman, I wouldn't be worried or anything like that but would you trade him for Acuna he's actually starting to come out of it by the way four multi-hit games in his last six just want to mention that with uh, Bregman but would you do Bregman would you do Acuna and you get Bregman that's really close I think I would I think I I think I would take Bregman there I feel like Uh, I would I would certainly be agonized over it mm -hmm. I I don't know if push come to shove I necessarily I, I just I'm a little I don't know. I, I need to. I need to get my. I need to get my Bregman back on. I need to. I need to investigate, see what's up, because I feel like I've 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 fallen out of love with old Bregs, and I and I need to figure out what's what. Because I'm looking at these metrics, I'm like, there's no real reason. The power hasn't clicked yet, but I don't think a three percent homer to fly ball ratio is going to continue, considering his batted ball profile hasn't changed a lick. A little bit down on the hard contact rate from thirty three to twenty eight percent. That's a couple hard hit balls away from. Yeah, but he, he's he's not making though. bad contact or anything That's like what I'm saying. that. It's yeah, like there's nothing. He's actually his swinging strike rate is actually down. Oh, swing percentage is actually down. One to one strikeout to walk. I think push come to shove. I do it. Yeah, I I, I would I would take Bregman. Especially I, I like if to. you like have lost like a Donaldson or something like that, yep. and, or you're hurting somewhere. You know, you lost Elvis Andrews and. Um, you need to fill like one of those infield spots. I think Bregman is uh, one of those guys that you can go out and get. I, you know, and I, I love Acuna's talent. Um, you know, I, th- I think some people mistook my belief that he wouldn't be up this early. 
with like some sort of hatred towards him and like you did I, tell me that you do hate him though yeah, and no, you said like, it was but as a name person Ronald. you said yeah. You have, yeah 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 you were said as like a, a fundamentally as a person you hate his being you had told <laughs> me that a lot off off air i don't know if you wanted me to bring that on air but yeah you had you had said that Right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was totally just, just, <laughs> but it's a personal thing. Dude cut me off yeah. in traffic once. And you weren't having that. Yeah. And, and, yeah, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. It expo- it gives context. <laughs> We're obviously kidding, y'all. Uh, but Bregman, you bring him up, say if you lost Donaldson or Rendon, let's get on a segue. Let's, let's get, uh, could you imagine two people on a segue, especially the two of us? Let's both get on the same segue and <laughs> zip right over to the next topic. We're going to make Ho this Gung. happen. He's coming back. And I am beyond surprised. I kind of thought he was done. It now, came out of nowhere. Like it, it just... came completely out of nowhere. Neil Huntington, the GM of the Pirates, said that they planned to go through 2018 without Jung Ho Gum. So this is a surprise to them. He got his visa. He's coming back over. Now listen, we have beaten him up on this show. I don't know if you were on yet when we did it, but definitely with Eno and I, we've we've taken him to task for the for the sins he committed, y'all. There's nothing cool or or excusable about racking up multiple DUIs. Not even one is obviously excusable, but you could see a mistake and say, okay, you know, you made a really poor judgment that night. When you get multiple, you've got a problem and and, and usually a drinking problem. You could speak better to this than I could for I, sure. I literally have had multiple DUIs, so I <laughs> – I, uh, and it, recovering alcoholic, so – Yeah, and it's not something like I'm proud of, but it's like, you know – like people don't understand like why why like why can't people like stop drinking and driving and like you know people used to ask me like well, how can you drink and drive so much and like like oh, I couldn't I'm make making the best decisions when I'm drinking right well, it's, it's like, like it's I had to like get question. to work and stuff like that and like I mean and I have to drive to get there so like obviously I have to to drink and drive like like people didn't get the concept that like I I was always drunk um yes. Thus, yeah. the driving is just part of the living. Mm-hmm, exactly, like it just. But, and I, I think he had a problem. Obviously, you had it. Mm-hmm. You have addressed the problem. You continue to battle that. Oh, he's back! Welcome back. This guy probably has nine DUIs, and he wanted to come contribute to the conversation. Actually, I don't know who this guy is. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, obviously had an issue. Got sent back over to uh, South Korea. I believe that's where he's from. And mm-hmm. and you know, get 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 your stuff right, dude, because. That was obviously a, a big problem. Actually, I think he was in the Dominican Republic. He well, he, he attempted to get a visa going yes. through the Dominican Republic. I see that right now. Um, and that all of his DUIs were in, um, uh, were in South Korea, where they have a lower threshold for uh, blood alcohol content. Okay. Um, and so, like, I'm pretty sure two of his three DUIs would not have been DUIs. In the United States, that that withstanding is it's not like that's not an excuse. Like exactly, you're um, just giving context. You're not saying mm-hmm. that it's chill. He obviously still has an issue with drinking to well, a degree. He also, still has a pending sexual assault charge. So let's not forget he um, does with the one from Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, is that still pending? Though I thought I don't believe it's been cleared up because he hasn't been in the country. Okay, well, then that obviously needs to get taken care of. So the bottom line, the reason I bring all this back up is because uh, we're going to talk about him in the fantasy context. We're not forgetting the sins. We're not saying that they're okay, and I, I just want to be clear about that. When we have to separate these things of, of the guys with their off-the-field awful deeds and then talk about them in the fantasy context, I think sometimes it's suggested that, oh, uh, you know, who cares about fantasy when he needs to get his life right? Obviously, he does. He has taken steps to do that, which is how he got a visa back, right? He has to have had some sort of improvement, right? Because I don't think Jung Ho Gung would get that visa if he was just doing the same stuff 
getting tanked every night and driving around. Yes. I mean, you would hope. Not. You would hope, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stating. Uh, I'm stating what I hope is the obvious. But uh, anyway, so let's talk about him in a fantasy context. He's expected to be back in relatively short order uh, with the Pirates. Or at least that's what I'm gleaning. You and I seem to believe um, that he's going to have to what catch a stint in Indy, right, at, at AAA, and you would and think. Get I mean, he hasn't played in the major league since 2016. He hasn't played. Uh, oh, I mean, he played what Dominican Winter League this played uh, like fifty games this winter, and that's always played in the last calendar or twenty five, excuse me, twenty four games at uh, the Dominican Winter League this winter. That's always played since twenty sixteen. Yeah, so I mean, for so me, he's like he's an NL only guy. He's if the hard part is like if he if he starts off in the minor leagues and needs a month to ramp up. Like, that's a long time to roster a guy, even in a 15-team league, that you know you're going to get nothing from. Because you can't put him on your DL, you know, um, unless you've Here got, go. like, a minor league slot. I got some deeds for you. For the time being, Gung will remain on the restricted list as he works his way toward MLB readiness and extended spring training at Bradenton. There's no indication from the team as to how long he'll spend ramping up in Florida. So he's not even going to go to the – straight up minors right now it's going to be kind of a, a restricted i know some p- teams play with an na slot which i mm-hmm. think is usually deemed for minor leaguers he could fit in that the the thing of it is and i obviously brought it up in the context of donaldson or rendon they could both be back by the time gung's mm-hmm. even ready so i just used it as a segue it's actually not a great fill-in because we don't know how quickly he'll be back but uh, you say nl only there's no mixed league viability where you would be uh Throwing some bucks on him to get him on your on your. You'd have uh, to have roster? really deep benches, or or like you said, like an NA slot. Um, How many? More, more than five? Would I five be so. enough? I think I I'd want seven. I'd want seven. Yeah, I I I think I would want seven as well because the leagues that we're talking about here would be like ten and twelve team, right? The 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 shallower leagues where there's going to be so much uh, goodness on the waiver wire anyway, or at least comparable to to what uh we can maybe expect from gung right now unless he comes back and hits like he did now for those that might have forgotten in um he has a 273 355 483 triple slash good for a 129 wrc plus in his 837 plate appearances uh with the pirates that's that's you know 29 percent better than league average he's a damn good hitter uh 21 homers in just 103 games back in 16 15 homers in 126 games back in 15. So Sorry, that's confusing when the year and the homer total matches. It's really annoying. Bottom line is 36 homers in 873 plate appearances. About a, what What do you say? But that's like a 27 homer uh, per 600 at bat or 600 plate appearance sort of deal. I'm terrible with math, especially trying to do it in my head. So that could be wildly off. Hey, 26. Becomes, like, almost where does it. he play? Yes. Um, you think David Freeze really blocks him off, though? Well, I mean, David Freeze isn't the starting third baseman. Colin Moran is, and they traded oh, for him. Right. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, and I love Moran. I, I think who Moran knows, is like, you know, so much time out of the majors. He's 31 at this point. I don't know that he can still play shortstop. Josh Harrison will be back at some point. Like, What about who's playing second right now? Uh, right now, Adam Frazier is until Josh Harrison gets back. Frazier back to short, gung to second. Uh, yeah. They got Mercer at short right now, though, who's got a good glove. Yeah, and that that's like how, I don't know how good Frazier's glove can play it at short on a I, regular I base. Some, I mean, Frazier can, can go back to 
just being a super util guy. Sure. I, they do like him, though. So, yeah, that that's probably it. It's got to be one of Frazier or Mercer, though. I think that – here's just the, become harder once Harrison's back, too. Yes. Well, then I think both those guys have to take the – take the loss harrison and, and gung I, here's the thing i don't think either of them are blocking a a producing gung if he's hitting by the way i think that um they bat different hands but i think moran's or uh, i think gung's lines are a pretty good comp for what moran could do um the, the that 21 homer 255 season in 16 over a full season Gung hit the 21 homers in 103 games. I think a full season uh, that could be for, for Moran there with a little bit higher batting average. I think he's more of a 270 guy. But then the uh, 15, 287. So, you know, you, you kind of add it all up. And I think that those two would have a similar output. So, you know, the the, the tough part, of course, is, is stashing a guy for an undetermined amount of time. We have no idea if it'll be two weeks, four weeks, what, with, with getting Gung ready to play. But uh, I think he's somebody that if you're over five reserve spots, have an NA slot, or, of course, NL only, you really want to look at him. Let's start with NL only because that's the most viable. What sort of fab uh, percentage are you putting on Jung Ho Gung? Assuming you have we'll – do, we'll do assuming you have a need – whether it's corner, third, or whatever, and then we can do just to have as a luxury for hitting. So what, what do you think for NL only, Jung Ho Gung, and I have a need? I think if you have a need and you're not trying to have a hammer at the tra- uh, trade deadline, you go aggressive and you, I'd say 40%. Yeah, I, I think something big. Like, again, I, I like Gung's hitting. I, I really do. I really do. I hope he's gotten himself right and, and, and gets his stuff Um and gets his stuff going. By the way, this is funny, and I got to bring this up. Sorry for the tangent again, but that the the Degrom Albies thing. Mm-hmm. He responded. I said, "Yeah, I think you got to do that with the Degrom Kingery Bueller for Albies." He goes. He also said he'd do Bregman for Degrom. It's just funny that he replied <laughs> with Bregman, who we were just talking. Like we were kind of had Bregman and Degrom in that same sort of scope there. So yeah, stu- stupid tangent, but I wanted to bring it up. Uh, but would you do that? By the way, you do Bregman for Degrom. That's a that's a good one for one. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, would if you, you need the would pitching, you rather I mean, do that or keep? Would you rather go Bregman Degrom or Degrom or, or Albies for Degrom Kingery Bueller? I'd rather I'd rather trade away Albies. I think. Oh, how dare that, you? That's hard, man. That's it is. It is hard. It is hard. You're I just think getting I would, more. Like you're getting. Well, what I'll need to ask him, and I'll probably loop you in on it just for fun, mm-hmm. so that you can give me your thoughts here. By the way, he does. He did mention it's five by five plus total bases obp innings k9 and quality starts instead of wins so that uh it gave some context there but he still hasn't said how many teams and i think that's going to determine if i want yeah. kingery if it's 10 or 12 team i'm not kingery sure that they're really sent down kingery has been exactly. awful recently and bueller's two and done for now i think he comes back up and he contributes at some point yeah, this year but he's someone in that dodgers rotation is going to get hurt at some point Exactly. So if it's 10 or 12 team, I'm going to tell them to just do the one for one. Mm-hmm. But if it's a deeper 15 plus where you can kind of stash King Green and Bueller a little bit, then I think I might tell them to do the the three for one. Anyway, yeah, that sounds about right. um, let's move on here and talk. Oh, oh, oh. So you said about 40 percent. Now, if he's more of a luxury, are you are you even getting in on Jung Ho Gung as a luxury or, or are you still going to put like 20 percent? Yeah, then it's 20 percent or. In, in in NL only, it's you know, I you know maybe I uh, put 
you know, uh, just a couple bucks down and hope that the rest of my league hasn't seen it? I think definitely you should put a bid in NL only no matter what. If you think your offense is on lock, that stuff can change in a second. Mm -hmm. Like the the second that you think you're good to go in an AL or NL only, you get two injuries in one day. And you're like, how how did my two best guys get hurt in one day? Like that crap happens. I get tweets about it. I'm like, dang. you, Or or you see like three big injuries in in a three-day span and someone messages you. Uh, I had all three of them. (laughs) I got some interesting would-you-rathers for for Gong in NL only. Let's so in NL only, would you rather have uh, Gong or would you rather have Brendan Rodgers? Ooh, that's really, really interesting. Both guys there. are going to have to stash, you know, um, you know, and take zeros on, you know, from them, you know, on your for, reserve for an, list for undetermined for, amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Gong for one reason. My boy Trevor is playing well right mm-hmm. now. And we know LeMay is not going anywhere because he has both sides of the ball covered. Good offense, good defense. Uh, Story's the one that can be wobbly. When he gets in one of those really cold streaks, you're like, well, maybe they need to bring up Rodgers. And then he starts hitting the ball like crazy. And you're like, psych. He's got six homers, five stolen bases, only hitting 253. But that works. If he can just be 250 or above. So I'm going to go gung there because Rodgers is still just in double A. He can skip triple A. Like you, you are a call away when you're in double A. It's not like old school where you had to anyone in double A you could just kind of ignore because you knew they were going to get a triple A call. Somebody like Rodgers, he was like a number three overall. He's like a really polished prospect. He could skip. I don't think he will though. I think that they can just kind of take the progression because of the players they have. So okay, I'll go what go. about Luis Urias? How dare you use? See, use and that's that's the question. Here's a guy in triple A. He hasn't started off the year great in AAA, but you know he's not bad either. And, you know, like, the no one's blocking great. him really. I exactly. Mean. Oh man, that one that one's a lot, a lot closer. That's basically a coin flip. I am still going to lean. God, wait, I don't want to. I think they like a Swaye though, and and so maybe I think that that it, like again not blocked. If 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 Luis Urias goes off and just starts clubbing the ball like crazy, um, like he did at the fall league or or last year at Double A, then I think he can force his way up. And Carlos Osuaye gets kind of moved to the bench. He's like a twenty six, twenty seven year old, not some uber prospect. So, damn, I am gonna lean Gung by a shred. But uh, that that was a really tough one for me because I really like Urias. Yeah. So I mean, if you're and and I agree with you. For me, it's Gung on on both counts. Uh, and I'm not as big a fan on Urias as, as you, but um, but like if you're if you're in an L only and you're stashing these guys on your reserve list, like this is an easy swap for me. Mm-hmm. No, I I, I agree, and uh, so you know have some aggression behind it. Um, I definitely think he's somebody. Uh, Jung Ho Gung is somebody worth having, but um, we just we just don't know how long it's going to be, and that's kind of the scary part. But you, you got to take gambles like this because this could be an impact bat that nobody, like I said, even the Pirates were not expecting to have him. So absolutely got to do it um, and, and, and at least put something out there. There should be no league uh, or there should be no scenario where he's viable. So anything kind of beyond uh, 10 team with at least five plus reserves that you shouldn't be making a cursory bid at the very least on Jung Hong Kong. All right. Next up is Eric Thames, man. 
he was just facing the Reds too, so you know he was going off. But uh, you know, it's it is crazy that he did it a- again. He just started beasting on them yet again, and uh, I think his numbers were fine before the Reds series. But I, I I think he hit homers in either two or three of the games that he, he just that owns he, them. Just he, he just absolutely. They should be called the Cincinnati Thames. That that would be I, pretty amazing. I think that'd be. I'd get be a jersey. Me too. Me too. But uh, in fairness to him, he was hitting before that, and it's like he built it off of that this year, and he was back to having another big April, seven homers, 976 OPS. He's down for a while. Torn thumb ligament. We're looking at two to three months, but they have too many outfielders. They have to trade one. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they could have, and I would not have shaded them 1% if they did trade Domingo Santana um, or, or, or Thames himself, but they should have because they have no have, pitching. Like their pitching exactly, staff is exactly. atrocious. I, I agree there. And so that's why I'm not – this is not a – see, I told you they shouldn't have traded anybody. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the stuff plays itself out though. Mm-hmm. So the, they did have a surplus um, and now – Domingo Santana's in full-time with Kane and Yelich and, and then Braun over to first. And uh, it's a bummer to lose Thames, but it, for them, it doesn't really hurt. But as you said, they're still stuck with, like, no pitching. So can Hayter go nine innings a game? Can he just go old-school pitcher and just throw nine yeah, innings like, every single game? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know he's not stretched out to be a starter, but the fact that they have got this kid in the bullpen is – and that he's not, like, the, like, clear closer right now <laughs> – with uh, uh, Knievel out, like, like how is Hader like in some sort of weird closer by committee that involves uh, Matt Albers and Jerry <laughs> Jeffress, like, like and Jacob like, Barnes? Like, the like, only way I can justify it is because they do still give him the multi inning stints. Like that's the only way I can say I can understand a little bit more. But I think they need to be making it like three inning stints at this point because they have nothing. Their pitching sucks. I mean, when uh, Brent Sutter is your number two starter, like that just, is that's a problem. He just got hit recently. Although, hey, Chase Anderson's come around a little bit. I, I thought he that has he was gotten better. Yeah, he, a lot worse, and his ERA is down. He I've actually has his velocity levels. That's the thing: the velocity and the home runs are way up, two point oh homers per nine. But if you're not allowing too many base runners, and he's not, they're not hurting as much. So anyway. They probably should have made a move there. I, I, I agree and I understand. But with Eric Thames going down, um, if you're on like two DL stints or two DL spots and like how quickly are you are you cutting Thames? Like uh let me let me try to think of some uh, other DL. I, I'm cutting him if, if I have a DL crunch. Like, yeah, it's, like it's not even that hard of a I mean, this is a uh, this is a UCL tear in his thumb. Uh these kind of injuries even after surgery, are known to sap power for a while. Yep, it's uh, bad. It's you know, and his that's his asset. Like he's not like he's not helping you anywhere else, as opposed or you know, in terms of like, production. Like he is a power, virtually power only guy. So if he is not going to have the power when he comes back, and what no, who knows what the playing time situation will be if it goes back to being this roster crunch where he's having to sit two or three times a week. Um, how valuable is he? I think he's a straight cut for me uh, as soon as someone else needs to go on the DL. Would you hold Eric Thames with his thumb or Abisail Garcia on, on the hamstring strain? Garcia. Yeah, I would hold him too. I, I, I think I agree. I'm not going to do a bunch of others because I just think that 
it's less about Thames's talent because I do think he's still a 30 plus homer guy pretty easily. Like he can just kind of look at the ball and sometimes it goes out, but the, the time missed plus it likely sapping some power when he gets back makes him pretty easy to let go. So if you are in, you know, keep him on as long as you can, but the second that you have to put, you know, a, another capable guy and that's your, that's your last DL, your last DL spot was taken by Thames and then another guy gets hurt. A lot of cases it's going to end up being Thames that goes and, and you put that new guy back on the DL. So that's, that's a bummer there. Uh, but let's talk some performances. We're going to start with some, some deeper league guys. We're, we're helping you out some, some you deeper league folks with a lot of these guys today. We're only really talking about uh, a, a couple stars, one star hitter. And then I'm asking you where you're ranking a couple of the, the standout pitchers so far this year, but let's start back in, in your neck of the woods with your favorite ball club there. The giants, Mac Williamson has come up and he supermaned his way into the uh, sidewall there. I thought he broke his neck in like 62 places. Mm-hmm. And instead of that, he just came back in and went yak the next inning. And it was it was pretty awesome. First off, it was great that he wasn't hurt. Uh, he does have stiffness in his neck that has cost him a couple games, I think, or at least one. Um, so hopefully it's not a long-term thing. But the fact that he stayed in that game and then went yard is pretty crazy. He was brought up uh, big. He was one of the big uh, waiver guys this past week. And power was what was expected. He had hit a homer that Friday night, so he already had one in the bank. He's already hit two more since. Mac Williamson, let's assume this neck thing is just a little stiffness that's going to be cleared up by the uh, by the weekend or whatever. Just for the sake of this discussion, if it if it's worse, we'll talk about it. But Mac Williamson went healthy. What kind of asset is he? Is he an all formats power guy? What, what do you see out of Mac Williamson so far? He made a very drastic swing change. In the off season, uh, and this is something I didn't know about until you know someone asked me like, "Hey, is Mac Williamson uh, before like before he'd actually played his first game in the majors this year?" And they're like, "Is Mac Williamson uh, someone I should be grabbing right now? He's coming up uh, with with Hunter Pence uh, hitting the DL." And I, I mean, I've watched Mac Williams play a bunch over the you know course of the last three years, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, with the Giants and in AAA and. Let's be honest. He hasn't been a very good player, you know. It just, uh, you know, he was thought that one day he might turn into something and, and play some pretty good defense uh, in one of the corner spots, and just has never done it. But I guess he worked with uh, a Justin coach, Turner's coach, yeah, coach with or uh, hitting Justin Turner, yeah, and uh, has completely revamped that swing. Uh, it is this is a legitimate change. There are definitely some things that. Uh, are a little bit concerning to me in terms of how aggressive he's being. And so I don't think that there's any chance uh, this 316 average sticks around. Um, But I think the power is legit. And I think we're talking about a guy who could hit 25 home runs with the Giants this year. And Hunter Pence is a shell of his former self. He's He's just not good anymore. And I think the only reason Hunter Pence is even still on this team and not been DFA'd is because he means a lot to the franchise uh, as a face of it, as a great clubhouse guy. Um, but I would not be surprised to see Mac Williamson replace Hunter Pence full time in left field in San Francisco. Yeah, I could see that too, and I, I think he should. Right? I mean, what what, what are you getting out of Hunter Pence at this point? It's mm-hmm. 
it's it's sad and kind of a bummer what what's happened to Pence and how quickly he went from just like a a steady Eddie every single day sort of guy. You know, it's a dirty word, but he was like known as a compiler. Not that there's anything bad with playing every day, but that was kind of where he got his fantasy value. You had to get the volume because he wasn't like some rate stud in terms of his, you know, homers, RBIs, stolen bases. His, his triple slash was always good. His OPS plus really nice and everything. But uh, if he's playing, you know, 120 games a year, you're just you can get his production on the wire and everything. So there's just not a lot. And then last year was really bad. His worst year ever. And this year, only 17 games, but he's showing nothing to suggest that Hunter Pence is having any sort of rebirth there. So I definitely think that they have to uh, lean toward Williamson as, as the starter there. Now they're 11 and 13. They're not out of this, even though they haven't been playing great or anything. Do you see, uh, any sort of surge from this Giants team? You know, Cueto's pitching brilliantly. Uh, Samarja been hit and miss in his two starts back. One great, one bad. Uh, Bumgarner is going to come back. Uh, Chris Stratton going to get Cy Young, obviously. He's actually going to get the AL Cy Young, too. I, I've heard that he's probably going to win both. Just yeah, because MVP, Cy Young, manager of the year. I think it's all... <laughs> I think so. He's going to be rookie of the year, too, even though he's not a rookie. Mm -hmm. They did have special dispensation for him, so that's cool. Uh, But the offense has been a problem. That's why getting Mac uh, Williamson up has been such a big deal because outside of the best player ever, Brandon Belt, and uh, Posey and then Panic's early surge, the offense has been anemic. Do you see a run on this team? I, I think they're capable of it. Uh, especially once they get uh, they get Bumgarner back, and if he's healthy, I, I yeah, don't. You're think... going. If you're going. Bum, Cueto, Shark, Stratton, Block. That's not bad. And and Block is like a really good MLB starter. He's not great for fantasy because he couldn't strike me out, mm-hmm. uh, and so that makes it tough. But he, he gets held by that park uh, for sure. And I mean. You know, and Holland is filled in admirably. It's I was going like, to say it's not if, like Holland's Block, been bad. If Block flops, they could go to Holland, um, and that keeps you know another lefty in the rotation once Bumgarner is back. So they have two lefties with the three righties. It, the hard part is, in order for them to make the playoffs, they need two teams in that division to take a step back. Um, yeah, because they're actually fourth right now. Um, based virtual tie with the Dodgers, which is crazy. And and like you said, with the Nats, you know, the Braves aren't going to stay above the Nats. It's not like the Dodgers are going to stay down here at 11 and 12. And Arizona's legit. Like Arizona's been awesome. And Colorado has been holding their own too. So I do. I think like I had originally prior to the Bumgarner injury had picked them in our fan graphs uh, picks to make the playoffs as, as the number two wild card. I don't think that's necessarily, uh, what I would pick today, but like we've seen crazy things happen with this Giants team, um, and we've seen just crazy individual performances already this season with with uh, Panic and, and Belt both becoming power hitters somehow. Uh, though obviously Panic <laughs> hasn't uh, been able to sustain that. I think Belt's uh, uh, swing change. I, I I highlighted it a little bit over on a, I think a Fantasy Alarm article a couple weeks ago. I think that's legit, um, and I think there's a real chance this is the year we'll fi- we'll finally see that Brandon uh, Belt uh, breakout. Um, and I wish I just had seen the swing change in uh, in the preseason to actually get some shares, other than my Tout Wars one dollar bid. Um, 
That'd be awesome, by the way, if, if we did get the uh, the belt breakout finally. Yeah, I can I considered them. In the end, I wanted to get my little uh, my little look at me pick with Philly as, as the second wild card. I came in think to the season thinking I would pick um, pick the Giants. I actually did two kind of look at me wild cards. I went Colorado, Philly, just because like I don't know. There's always the on both leagues. You know, by the time you get through March, there's like five picks on each side for the three division winners and two wild cards like that are that are the obvious ones. And most people pick them and then the season almost never plays out like that. So I was like, mm-hmm. let's let's jump off the beaten path a little bit. So I picked Minnesota to win the the central, uh, Oakland to get a playoff spot, and then those two wild card spots. But I couldn't really well, I guess the Cardinals is kind of off the beaten path is for there the central. A chance the Dodgers aren't good. Like there is a, there's a okay not that they're not good but there's a chance that things just don't work out for them because the like they have the season the Giants up. had last year not to that yeah. extent but like where everything that can go wrong does go wrong I mean we're looking at a team right now uh, that has Ch- uh, Chase Utley and Max Muncie in their starting lineup well and their two best hitters uh, are Matt Kemp and Yasmani Grandal just as everyone drew it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is and like Grandal, 2012. I like Grandal a lot, but he ha- he's been known for a good first halves where he just kind of crafts it out after that. And then Kemp, I know he was best shape of his life or whatever, but uh, and and I even kind of was like, hey, let's let's get in on this a little bit. I got a couple super late shares, but I, I'm not expecting a 9-10 OPS, and I just don't know if he can hold up all year. You got Puig doing nothing, Seager, meh. Chris uh, Taylor Bellin. sucking. Like I, I, you know, I'm getting questions like on this week about can I drop Chris Taylor yet? What, what what's been your answer, by the way? If you paid the price you paid for Chris Taylor, you can't drop him yeah, yet. Right. Okay. Like, I, 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 I wasn't a Chris Taylor guy. I, yeah, I hated him coming into the year, you know, and I was definitely down on him. But like, I'm not dropping my fifth or sixth round pick or wherever. I can't remember where I went because he was pretty yeah, much he, off my board. He was he point. was like no worse than like seventh. Yeah, you're uh, not seven, dropping eight. your seventh round pick at this point, nope. especially because he's still batting leadoff for the Dodgers. Like, yes. you know, it just it's and multi position eligibility. Like, you're not dropping Chris Taylor, and like people right now they're they're going crazy on him. Uh, I'm getting questions all the time. Like, and don't get me wrong, like there's a lot of warning signs. You know uh, what? Buy Chris Taylor. I think you have to right now, right? I mean, uh, I don't even like Chris down Taylor. Only 30, Thirty points. He's not and, striking out more. No, he's not striking out more. And yes, his walk rate is down from from nine to six percent. Um, but he's chasing less. Point, it's though. negligible. That is a couple walks. Like that's nothing. Um, he's swinging in the zone more, and he's just not getting things. It, it's making the things same amount of contact. Really. I mean, two seventy eight, Babbitt. We all know that the three sixty one from last year would come down. That's kind of obvious. But I don't think he's a two seventy eight true talent. I really think he's more of like a a three ten three twenty sort of guy. So I, I would actually buy in on. And plus the power, like I said, thirty points down in his ISO. That that's negligible too a home run could maybe change that you know in like a two for four day with a homer so um yeah i would actually i would go the other way and actually buy on chris taylor so uh, all right let's move on and and yeah i i don't think the dodgers will but i think that they could just get beaten out by being in a very difficult division i think arizona could run away with this division that's the thing and they're just banking so many wins right now it's not you know even as the two teams kind of even out diamondbacks come back to the pack a little bit and the dodgers go up here's the thing though this dodgers team we know they can just go absolutely ape 
and put together like a, a, a 20 and two 22 game run. So I am super, super, super reluctant. Not if they don't get guys back healthy. I mean, that's like true. They're missing so much on this team already. Do you know what their record was last April? I do not. 14 and 12. Well, well, okay. There you go. Then they went 19-9, and then finished crappily at uh, 12. I mean, the fact that they're getting the performances out of, like, Ryu, like, right now is, like... And, like, wasting it. Yeah. Or maybe that's what's keeping them alive, I think that's what's keeping them afloat, because, I mean, this is a team that's playing, to me, like, they're... Like, I don't know how they've won 10 games at this point with this lineup, and, you know, because it's not like Kershaw's been great, Kenley's been awful... Um, they've lost both Turner and Forsyth and Rich, you know, and Rich Hill yep. at this point. Um, no, no, I, I feel that. I feel that. So, you know, it's something to look at. But I just, I'm sure some folks are yelling at their listening device right now, like this this Giants fan trying to say the Dodgers aren't good. What's going on? But uh, you're just you're just being honest and saying, hey, let's look at them. Let's see what's what. I think they'll be fine though. All right, let's move on. Uh, Leonis Martin. I'm trying not to get too excited on this man because I love Leonis Martin. Everyone knows that, and he's on my favorite team now, and he is performing. Um, you know, he's 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 hitting homers. Uh, he's got a good triple slash. I don't see enough that's like super different to really dive in and say, "Wow, this is it." But a guy who can have power and speed, and he's actually been bad on the bases right now, one for three. But at least he's getting chances, and I don't know that there's any reason for them to stop him. Like. If you're the Tigers, why are you going to tell him, hey, you can't, uh, you shouldn't be running, right? Of course, they're going to say, yeah, he got two more hits today. So, Leonis Martins at 287, 347, 517 for his triple slash right now. Four homers. And then the ones, I thought it was five homers. I thought he hit his fifth yesterday, but it's just his fourth. Um, only on 15% of ESPN rosters, and they cater more to 10 team mixers. So that's the shallower end. Is Leonis Martin batting leadoff for the Tigers somebody that you're interested in right now? You, in have, mixed you have to be. I mean, I think he should be owned in just about every format. Um, you know, even if it's so. just riding the hot streak. I mean, exactly. This is a point I've been trying to make more, and, and I'm, I, I don't think I said it on this, but I think I said it somewhere else when I was guesting. Um, not every pickup recommendation is forever, mm-hmm. right? It's not always keep this guy and he's going to be on your roster in September. Sometimes it is just you have to get him now, and if he completely falls off, you just jump. Like, that's okay. But I think too much of it is understood of like, I'm not picking up this guy. I'm not going to have him in July. Who cares? What if you get three good weeks out of him while your, your main guy is – you're not your main guy, but like one of your starters is, is sputtering a little bit, you know? So I think – Thinking a little bit more in some short-term aspect uh, will help people be more aggressive, especially in mixed leagues, which is what we're really focused on here. Ride the hot hand. And it's worth mentioning that he went 15-24, 15 homers, 24 steals back in 2016. And we're seeing the power. He has two 30-steal seasons. The power's there early. What if he kind of flips that and goes 24-15? He would still have 20 and and 14 left. He uh, over-doubled his uh, launch angle this year. I mean, See, now that, that's huge. He he went from 9.9 to uh, 22.7 um, in launch angle this year. It's it's uh, According to Mike Petriello over at StackGas, it's the second biggest uh, uh, raise that we've seen in the major leagues this year. Wow. And, um, I you know, he's hitting the ball, uh, you know, 
about just as hard. I mean, it's a negligible change in terms of in terms of hard hit uh, percentage, but I think that launch angle change is huge because you're you're seeing him get the ball in the air what almost sixty percent of the time. You know, he's going for it, which you know maybe a little bit too much, and we could see a Ryan Chimpian. You know, yonder Alonso. <laughs> we can go too much. Yeah. yeah, you know where all of a sudden the the infield fly balls start going crazy. Yes, that's what you have to worry about when you're just lift, 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 and you start get under getting under stuff like way too often. But I mean, it's a huge turnaround in the ground ball percentage where he was putting forty six percent of the balls on the ground last year, and now he's only putting twenty two percent. So like that, that's huge for a guy, especially a guy who's struggled. Uh, for you know a little while now, you know prior to this season, um, I think there's a real chance that you know I don't do I think he's going to mash all year. No, but like, why can't he hit 15 to 20 home runs and steal you 20 bags? I mean, he he, you know, he's stolen bases in every season. I mean, even though he wasn't even in the majors much last year, he still stole 32 bases between AAA and the majors. So like the speed is still there. If he's adding a little bit of power and the launch angles helping him to actually get the ball into the, you know, get base hits and things like that. Why can't he do this? He's got to be owned in every league and everybody is so, you know, ready to stream starting pitchers, but like do not want to stream like the, the bottom parts of their, their roster and offense hitters. That's a great call. You know, I mean like, the damage that a hitter is going to do in, in one or two games is nothing compared to like the damage a pitcher can do to your team when they're bad. They, so yeah, they can only they can't they can't really hurt you more than like an zero for six. You, you know, some 14, some extra inning game roster spots depending on your format. It's it's yep. it's less impactful. You know, negatively when when you go zero for four. You know, over the course of three games or something like that, uh, as opposed to like your pitcher who can just destroy your ratios. That's a great call, and I, I do think people should be more open to streaming hitters. And that that's something that you know Jason and I have talked a lot on the, on the pod in, in last year and this year about being better in season managers. And that's definitely something that I, I've worked on, and I think I have gotten a lot better, at, particularly at churning the last couple spots in a mixed league roster when there's so much talent on the wire. Like if you're in an AL NL only, you don't really have that option because there's mm-hmm. nothing on the wire. But when you're in a mixed league, there's something out there. I think Rob Silver said it. Um, I can't remember where he said it, to be honest, but I'm 99% certain it was Rob. And he said, if you don't have a pitcher and a hitter that's worth cutting for you know, the flavor of the week every week, then you either have an amazing team or you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like You're just being too precious about some players that you have and you need to be more open to saying, you know what? These guys can be moved. So I agree. And so Leonis Martinez is somebody that I do think, you know, and I also make this point too. When you say that somebody is is rosterable in like every format, it doesn't always mean that it's your roster though. Too, mm-hmm. you have to keep that in mind. You might not actually have a spot for Leonis Martin. So even though we're saying he should be rostered in a twelve team, it could be your friend's roster because he's got three or four injuries. But there's there's some team in a twelve team that can fit Martin, and probably in most tenors because he's leading off for the Tigers, hitting for power, and has shown a lot of speed in the past. So we like him there. Scoop him up. Maybe Especially because he's, I mean, hitting leadoff exactly. in front of a Tigers Ball. team that's actually uh, hitting a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not like Candelario has been hot as of late. Oh, he's too. been awesome. We uh, 
Tigers five runs per game is uh, eighth most. I'm eyeballing it here. Yeah, eighth most or tied for eighth most with the Angels, Phillies, and Cardinals. They're all at five on the dot. Well, that's per four today, by the way. And yeah, top um, four in that lineup have been just fantastic. And then you know Victor Martinez hasn't been bad either. So. Nope. They're they're not the the pitching and of course huge surprise bullpen uh, is is why is, they're is not going a to be a very Detroit? good team. It's weird, you know that. You would think during the re- – it's not surprising during the rebuild. It's, it's just the first time we've ever had to deal with it as Detroit fans, you know, having a bad bullpen. You just don't usually see that in Detroit. You're used to kind of locking it down once the starters go out. So it is – it's an adjustment. We'll have to figure it out and just uh, learn how to live without a bullpen. <laughs> of course, of course, you know during the rebuild it's going to be even worse. But Tigers fans barely notice a difference from the teams that were competing for the World Series because the bullpen is just always dog shit. Uh, all right, moving on to the complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of like player type right now. Didi Gregorius is absolutely out of his mind. Now, um, do you think he should be picked up in all week? No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, uh, you know, he's not even, uh, you know, not available, but I don't even know that you could really trade for him at this point. Cause I find that a lot of, uh, DD drafters were hardcore DD believers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there were many DD agnostics out there, uh, that were just kind of like, well, it's time. I guess I'll take DD. So I'm not even going to talk about all that in terms of like, Oh, you know, where should, uh, uh, what should you trade for him? I'm curious as to where you slot him among shortstops right now and, and kind of an overall among hitters. Like, is he the best fantasy fantasy shortstop right now? Is he top three? Like, where where do you stand with Didi right now? I I don't know what to make of of Gregorius. <laughs> I mean, it like I'm not putting him above Machado. I'm not putting him above Correa. Um, I'm not putting him above Lindor. But, but that's when but, you but start having yeah. a discussion. And now we're talking Bregman about Seager. yeah, we're talking about guys. Uh, I think you have to take him above Seager. Yes. Um, what about the man of the hour, Bregman, who we keep talking about? I think there is a really good argument for it uh, to to take him above Bregman. I, I can't pull that trigger yet. I don't think I could either, and the speed component is is – kind of the decider right now because uh, Didi's power eligibility yes, that extra position helps um what about story versus Didi I'm taking Didi because the average yeah and I you know it's not going to hold at this level but 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 even all the way back down to before 2018 Didi was a much better batting average bet even even if he regresses story. like back to 290 or 280 that's still you know 30 to 40 points higher than story no doubt no doubt uh but but there is the speed component and story does have five stolen bases mm-hmm. so far he he's been known to run he's got two though and that's actually i didn't i did not know that i thought he was nine and zero right now so yeah he's doing everything he's just been out of his mind and it's been really impressive i agree with you i can't get him over uh oh we didn't say trey by the way trey turner oh no turner's man turner so still. turner Correa, Machado, Lindor, those four you're definitely not mm-hmm. taking DD over. But and I then think I'm taking once... Bregman, then DD, then Story, and then this... Bogarts. And then Bogarts, then Segura, then Simmons, who's had a re- remarkably good year as well. And where, nobody's talking where does about Seager that. fit back in? I think Seager isn't in my top 10. 
That, and that's crazy to say that. Part of it is just oh, – and, and Baez is out of his Health. mind. I mean, I yep. don't think that Seager is healthy. And doesn't DeYoung have like six homers already or something? I mean – Seven. I'm not saying that I would necessarily take him over, but – and I didn't like – by the way, I'm getting pretty damn close to just taking my L on Paul DeYoung. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not catching up. And 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 the one caveat that I did give – this is not covered. 56 Babbitt. I, I don't get it. Like – it's because he smacks the shit out of the ball so much that anytime he makes contact, because he's still he's striking out more, thirty six percent. Like how, how sway? I, I just I don't understand. But um, the one that that was the thing I brought up was about how on it was an MLB crawl thing. Um, you know, a good bit into his run last year, where it was like his ninety five plus mile per hour hits were most in the league since from the time that he came up. Like he was just smacking the ball so regularly, so often that he's kind of outrunning this uh, strikeout to walk ratio. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty close to just saying, you know what. Maybe I shouldn't have laid off so much on, on DeYoung and just kind of embraced what he does, which is just beat the living crap out of the ball. So, um, yeah, we like Didi. It's it's hard not to. I don't know how much of a case you can mount to be firmly against him when he has almost two walks per strikeout, Justin. It's 1.9 uh, walks per, per K right now, 17% BB rate, uh, walk rate, 9% strikeout rate. What? Like what? He has as many strikeouts as he does homers right now, nine. And it's just obscene. And yes, we do have to bring up that if there is like a downside, and I put that in extreme quotes, italics, 52-point font, to suggest that I'm not really meaning downside, but it's that his like home run distance, his average home run distance is one of the lowest in the league because he just feasts on that ballpark. But that ballpark is not... That context does not change. Yeah, so he gets to play in the ballpark all year. I mean, exactly. It's like when people hold Coors against guys in fantasy. Well, he plays in Coors. Okay, did he get traded? Because like, mm-hmm. it. Yes, it's part of it, and you acknowledge that. Like, hey, that influences it and it helps him. But I think last year, Didi had more homers on the road. So if he gets his ho- his road work going to kind of get on par with what he did last year, then look out. I need to sit down and like do a swing analysis too, because there's some changes here. Like there's, can he hit? Can he hit forty? He's got nine in the, in the bank a, a month in. Can, can he hit? Can he hit uh, thirty one more over the next five seasons or five seasons? Yeah, over yeah, the next five seasons, I think I got. Oh, you're on a limb there. Uh, in the next five months, can he hit six per month the rest of the way? Or not? Can he? Obviously, he can. Yes. Will he? Is what I'm asking you. Oh, that. will he? Um, yeah. No. Like, what is the probability of it, I guess? I think there is a 30% chance he does it. That's pretty good. What would you, you know, it's hard to rewind and we're influenced by what we've seen already, but his chance to hit 40 coming into the year, you might have Zero. said what? Sent zero. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> no one would have had – even the DD backers wouldn't have been over 10%, I don't think, to say that he could have hit 40. And now we're saying there's a 30% chance – uh, that, that he could do, and and by the way, April's not over. What if he clubs, you know, two or three more, and so he's he doesn't even need that many the the rest of the way. It's it's crazy, man. Like this is it's, this is the kind of stuff that can win a fantasy league. Getting this this kind of performance, a first round performance out of your you know seventh round pick. I mean, it's it's insane to see what he's doing. Uh, last year he had a tenth, by the way, just want to get that out there. Tenth yeah. round at ADP. Last year he had uh, 191 ISO. His ISO right now is 462. 
<laughs> okay, how close were his slugging last year versus his ISO this year? Uh, right next you to each other, 478 to 462. That's so insane. And yeah, it's a month. We know it's all going to come down. It's still fun to marvel at and just be like, what? Uh, I think yeah, I, mean, I saw. But I mean, this is like a guy right now who could like legitimately be a 300, 400, 500 guy. And that's like, the thing, right? Because he's banked all this good work. Even if he regresses and, and plays like last year the rest of the way, that's going – You know, he's, he should probably be 300, 400, like, 500, don't right? Don't get me wrong. Like the, the impress – like it's impressive how hard he's hitting the ball. I mean he, he's close to doubling his hard contact percentage. Um, but for me, it's the plate discipline. There, like there that's... is a conscious change in how he's approaching at bats. Um, I mean he – he has uh, cut his O swing percentage by t- over 12%. Uh, swinging strike rate has gone down by almost 4%. Um, I mean, he is he's making really great contact within the zone. A Z contact is up to 96.2%. Uh, what? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, and it's not like this was a bad contact hitter before. Like, we're no. not talking about a guy who was just flailing at everything. And now is starting to make you know a change. Like it's this is a guy who is already a very good contact hitter, um, and now he is just dialing in you know some patience, uh, a batting eye. I mean, this is a guy who only walked four percent of the time last year, walking seventeen percent of the time right now. Justin, uh, he's eight walks away from matching his total last year, and he had five hundred and seventy plate appearances last year for crying out loud. Wow. Like, that's crazy. This is, and that's what I mean. Like, I got to sit down and see, like, you know, kind of do, like, a side-by-side, like, comparison of his swing because, um, you know, or maybe I'll talk to, like, you know, uh, a a swing guru. uh, Put put that on your to-do list. Let's try to follow up next week on that. Yeah, because that, to me. you've got time. I'm sure I can. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to be in Hawaii next week. <laughs> oh, must be nice. Okay. Well, then. Well, we'll, we'll... I'll try to do it before we leave. We'll we'll have to record a little bit earlier in the week next week. So okay, uh, that sounds uh, good. If I've got uh, time before I before I leave, I'll I'll sit down and just kind of do do a swing a swing analysis and um, because there's obviously a change. Like you're not hitting the ball as hard as he's hitting um, without some sort of swing change, and is obviously an approach change. Uh, but like, there's no reason. I mean, obviously, he's not going to do this the rest of the way. But no. But okay, check this. He didn't play a full season last year. 570 plate appearances mm-hmm. in 136 games. So let's just again, if he's just last year the rest of the way, let's overlay that onto the season. He winds up with 670 plate appearances, 34 homers, 116 ribbies, 297, 341, 523, with 93 runs and and, and five stolen bases. That that's if he just is what he did last year the rest of the way, which would be fine. Um, you know, you that would be an amazing season. 34-116 with a 297, 93 runs and five SB chipped in. And that and the 341 OBP is is a little slight because even if the walk rate comes down, I don't know that it's going to go all the way back to the four percent that he had last year. I think just batting in that lineup with the approach that he's taking, I feel like he's got to maintain at least like a seven, eight percent the rest of the way, no? Yeah, you would. I mean, you would think. I don't know. Obviously, it can go. It could go sideways. But Didi's been absolutely amazing. Okay, so we put him in the context of shortstops. Probably got him top five. Maybe uh, 
maybe fourth, or excuse me, we got him top six, right? Because he went Turner, Correa, Lindor, Bregman, and Machado all behind him. I'm putting him uh, all ahead above of him Bregman. Okay. That's um, yeah, I think, for me. I think I got to go fifth as well. And you know what? I'm giving a little side eye to Lindor between he and, and Gregorius too. Not so much for what Lindor's doing, but more for what Didi's doing. Because I think Lindor's been um, sputtering a little bit with his triple slash, but he still has three homers and four stolen bases. Like I'm not, I'm not panicked on Lindor by any stretch. And he's not doing anything like, like awful either. Like you know, it's exactly. Not, not like he's striking out thirty percent of the time, or or you know, not walking, or it's just you know, early season struggles. He's turning it around. By the way, this is an episode of tangents. Yeah, which which ones isn't? I got I got to do this real quick. And and I know some of you probably get tired of us saying like, "Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry" on these like star level players. And there's always examples, but I think this is a really great crystallized example of why you don't go 14 games on somebody and actually say that they're off to a slow start. With any conviction to it. Yeah, you can say they haven't hit well or whatever or the results aren't there. But when you actually say that they're off to a bad start, that suggests that something is like wrong and, mm-hmm. and it's not going well. Two weeks in, Jose Ramirez, 160, 300, 340. Oh, my God. Why did I spend all that on Jose Ramirez? Since then, eight games, four homers. 424, 486, 848. His bottom line right now, he has a 913 OPS and seven homers. Like, what slow start? Mm-hmm. Like, well, like everybody, everybody games. asking questions like, what happened to Joey Votto's power? Yes, it, it, that's another great example. Like, it's like, this is why, and I know it's boring analysis early on with these stars, but this is why you can't even blink at your first seven round guys for the entire first month out, outside of injury. No matter what, even if their plate approach is jacked or whatever, you just you take it and you 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 have to just sit there and and let them kind of get out of it because these small samples, there are no risk. You know, we're talking against first seven, eight picks of your draft. They're in no risk of losing their job and it can flip on a dime, a seven game hot streak and boom, or eight games for Jose Ramirez, and you would have never known that he was off to a slow start. Anyway, sorry for that tangent there. We love Didi. Let's move over to the pitching. Um, I'm gonna I'm skipping one of the guys on our list and going right to Vince Velasquez. I like Vince Velasquez. I used to hype him up back in the day, back in the day, like two years ago. Um, you know, he kind of sputtered through last year, more than sputtered. He was bad last year. Five thirteen ERA, one fifty WHIP. Starting to get back on track this year. I'm wondering if you're seeing anything that has you interested. Twenty seven percent strikeout rate, six percent walk. It's only yielding a four fifty one thirty five combo mainly because he's allowing 9.7 hits per nine, but there's also a 347 Babbitt. So at the same time, I'm kind of going back and forth here, the point-counterpoint. At the same time, he's a 319 career. So Vince Velasquez has given up hits before, but I do like seeing the strikeouts back. I'm wondering, is is Vince Velasquez somebody you're going out and scooping right now in hopes that he plays more of that 319 FIP, or do you believe in the 450 ERA and you're saying... Eh, unless I need strikeouts, I'm not really interested. Where are you on Velasquez, Vince Velasquez? I'm being sucked in. Is is what is what's happening, and I don't want it Hope to happen. You cold water, me, dude. No, damn it. Me too. Um, I'm being sucked in, and you know, part of, part of it is like we've seen elite talent from him before, and we're seeing it right now. Um, you know, the 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 450 ERA is not supported 
Um, and he's doing all the things that he needs to do in order for him to kind of turn around previous bad seasons. First and foremost, he's staying healthy. Yes. Like, so far. The key. Like, you know, and that can obviously change in an instant. We're talking about five starts. Uh, but so far, he's healthy. You know, he's made it through spring training. He's made it through the first month of the season without getting injured. So that's, you know, item number one. Item number two, he's not walking people. He's cut his walk rate in, in just about half um, from last year. Uh, you know, walking 2.4 uh, uh, per nine. Uh, and then he's keeping, number three, he's keeping the ball in the yard. Um, and like th- those huge. three things for him are, are gigantic. Um, and then like you start digging deeper into things, you look at, you know, he, he's cut the hard contact and, you know, the exit velocity off him. His uh, velocity is, you know, actually up a tad uh, bit. Um, you know, he, he's getting back on top. Or, or sorry, he's uh, his, his swing and strike rate is is going back up. He's, you know, getting swings and misses outside of the zone again. The contact rate is down. I mean, everything points to this is and like that this is a legitimate you know breakout again but i've been here before and i've been yes. burned really hard like like this is like kevin gosman level been burned hard um <laughs> without without the rebirth either because you you know it's like gosman burns you in the first half then mm-hmm. you move on and then he and then he surges to the finish line like there was no surge last year for for, for velasquez he was just awful 513 150 era whip combo the one like keep an eye on it at least is the six percent walk rate that it's not supported by a first pitch strike rate boost in fact it's down but that's not the only way to prevent walks that's just a good like that's just a good indicator of preventing walks is getting ahead and 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 limiting walks so that is one metric that i'm keeping an eye on i'd like to see him get back to last year 64 percent. but i would wonder I wonder if maybe he was throwing like lollipopping first pitch strikes in and maybe they were crushing those. I, I I don't know. I'd have to that's just a idle thought there on on Velasquez with a sixty four percent. It was the career best and it didn't help with walks and it certainly didn't help with performance last year. So maybe he is somebody that, you know, doesn't have to come in with a first pitch strike to uh still prevent walks and, and, and have success. You know, and he's a I mean, I think, you know, that's something we need to watch kind of start by start too. He was sixty five percent last uh, in the last game uh, against Arizona. So, I mean, I think we just kind of kind of keep an eye on if he's trying to get on top of hitters. Uh, just for me, I, I love the swing and strike rate. Um, I love seeing people, you know, certain teams chase outside of the zone on him. Um, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but again, okay. this is one of those guys, uh, you know, that, can, can like tur- like I, what Nick Pollock has is like turn it around right right now, away right Tierra. away yeah like um this is like the negative version like anti Tierra yeah, yeah he can he can he can revert back to suckiness he can R B T S revert back to suckiness doesn't quite have the same ring as Tiara mm, yeah no uh, ribs. yeah could rib- we, we, we gotta put Nick on on, on Nick. some sort of like nickname for that. Um, especially, you know, things start to heat up in Philadelphia. We, you know, the ball starts flying a little bit more. Um, you know, for me, it's like, like he, his strand rate is lower than it usually is. So like maybe he gets a positive regression there. His BABIP is off the charts. 
um, like there, there's reasons to believe like that like that the FIP and XFIP of 319 and 341 are much more legitimate than the ERA. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I I'm with you there. Like I said, I'm 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 kind of getting sucked back into, and I'm like, oh boy, be careful, be careful here. Don't don't get hurt. Don't go back to him. Um, but yeah, so Vince Velasquez, you know. Again, this would definitely fit under that category of like just because we're saying you should consider him and, and look at him doesn't mean uh, it's a long-term scenario. You start to see the wheels come off. You move instantly. You do not – I would not sit through many bad starts. You maybe take that one on the chin and then and then you can keep him from there, but it's kind of a two and done. So, you know, it's a feel thing. I get it. Lead, context, who you have coming back and all that. But this is not like a, um, you know – I'm trying to think of somebody that was like picked up that's been solid where I'm like, I'm sitting through a couple bad. Well, uh, the recommendation I gave on, on Lucchesi, I was like, yeah, pick him up. The first bad one comes, don't panic. If the, if you get like two awful ones in a row, then you can start to make a move with Velasquez. If I get that first bad one and it's like awful, I'm already starting to look like, okay, is, is it coming? Is the Jello jiggling like in Jurassic Park and, and the uh, the, <laughs> the big the big yeah. yeah the big big troubles coming? So yeah, just keep an eye on him. Here's one, and either or that transitions us into the next guy, Vince Velasquez or Julio Tehran, and then I'll give you some numbers on Tehran. Hmm. Uh, give me Velasquez. Okay, he's Tehran's a little bit different. He's got the four ERA, which is half run lower, but his FIP is much worse because the skills aren't as sexy. The strikeout rate's way back up to 24%. We like that with a corresponding swinging strike jump, but the walk rate has jumped from 9 to 12%, which uh, early on, a, a three-point jump is not huge, so I don't want to overrate that uh, just I'm pointing it out to to be there, but the home runs are still a major issue. 1.7 uh, for Tehran, and that's what has me more concerned than anything else. Because I think even the walk rate can smooth back out to single digits, and and the strikeout rate can stay. But can he keep the damn ball in the yard? It, that's, is, I mean, that's pretty. That's uh, skewed by the three home runs given up to Washington in, in the second okay. start. So I had I had one, game logged him yet, so that's only that's one good. home run over the last three games. Okay, that's great info then, um, including because, two yeah, starts at home. I hadn't peeped his game log yet, so that is impressive. You know, I, I'm looking at his game log now. He hasn't faced anybody outside of his division. Yeah, he's faced two teams twice. He's faced, but not Miami yet. So yeah. He hasn't even gotten the crap part of the division yet. So I don't know. I, how close are they? You said you, you prefer Velasquez. I get that. You know, uh, Tehran has the homers, even if it's just one outing that's influencing it. The poor performance last year, like Velasquez has, but his velo is down. But how close are those two? I think they are pro- they'd probably be about five to ten spots away from each other. Okay. Maybe ten. Um, and I think, like, uh, God, what did, what did Matthew Barry used to call it? The uh, the Wandy line. The Wandy line, yes. I think they're on opposite sides of the Wandy line for me. Okay, that that makes sense then. So you got Velasquez as more of a plus uh, with maybe the green arrow up or at least like an equal sign, and then you would have Tehran with a red arrow, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I think that's fair. We don't need to go too much deeper on on Tehran there. Let's close with uh, with two guys that are absolutely out of their minds. They're almost like the uh, the pitching. Why not? Because I don't I don't want to talk about him. 
You have to. You have oh. to. They're they're basically the DDs of of pitching right now. Garrett Cole and Patrick Corbin are just utterly uh, bananas right now. And I'll give you some quick numbers here, but we're not really analyzing what they're doing so much as I want to get uh, where where you're ranking them the way we talked about with DD. So Cole is uh, 129 ERA. Hang on. Pull this up. I don't have my own dashboard up. There we go. Um, 129 ERA, 0.77 whip with a 38% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate, 15% swinging strike rate. So that's a huge surge. That's far and away his highest. Not allowing homers, not allowing not allowing anything except for strikes. I'll, he'll allow you to strike out. That's it. Uh, Corbin, perhaps even better. I think you could make a case that he's been even like his his uh, ERA is a little bit higher, but his his uh, component numbers actually better. 189 ERA, 0.66 whip, 39% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate, 18% swinging strike, no homers, no hits, no nothing. You can strike out or GTFO. That's it. Uh, these two guys, both awesome. A lot of support behind their their surges too. Off the top, who do you like better, Garrett Cole or Patrick Corbin the rest of the way? Uh, it's not close for me. It's Garrett Cole. Okay. I'm not going to say it's not close, but it is definitively Cole, and I might just be that might just be too much semantics there to say like I'm not I'm not going quite as high, but I'm getting close. It's pretty close to saying the same as you were. It's like it's Cole, but I'm not shading Corbin, and I I sense a little disdain for Corbin in your in your voice. Are you are you out on Corbin here? Are you like concerned of a fall off here, or I'm or not. Not a fall off because they'll both fall back. But are you concerned of a collapse? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not concerned of a collapse. I'm. Okay. I'm still not a hundred percent on board. Um, I want to see him go against better competition. Didn't he play the Giants? And they're a great team. They he played the Giants twice. <laughs> he's played the Padres <laughs> twice, uh, and he uh, has gone against the Dodgers. Or uh, uh, no, he's played the Padres. He's gone against every team in his division, including the oh, Giants so twice. Like, uh... It's like, uh, mm-hmm. what was that, Tehran that we were saying? Uh, so, okay, so go ahead. So, I mean, like, and it's hard because, like, these are these are all, you know, outside of Colorado in the first game of the season, um, these are, you know, three offenses in San Francisco, the Dodgers, and the Padres that are all struggling, but this is also, like, this is who he's going to get to play. So, And he's part of why they're struggling, too, mm-hmm. right? It's not like he's just taking mediocre skills and being well, out. By the I, way, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I think these okay. are all just bad offenses right now. Um, for, for you to say definitively is not – like, let, let, I want to put that in context and say it's, like, not really – that crazy considering you had Cole 22nd and, and Corbin 83rd. It would almost be weird if you did have them side by side because that would mean such a jump for mm-hmm. Corbin based on five starts. So and I'm not going to hold you this exact number, but like how much are you moving up Corbin from 83 if you were doing a re-rank today? If I was doing a re-rank You were the today, low man on him, by the way. I'd still be the low man, but he'd be in my top 35. Okay, that's that's pretty substantial. That's saying that's a f- that, yeah fifty spot jump. Yeah, um, I I still worry that he doesn't have that that third pitch. Um, you know, he's I know kind of he's, implemented this like Ephus curve. Yeah, Corbin has. Yeah, I don't know if it's a yeah I don't know what it is. Um, but it's, it's like seventy miles an hour or something. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, he, that, he really is fastball slider. Yeah, and so like I, I do worry that at some point that will catch up to him. No, I'm not saying like like you said before, like this isn't a oh he's gonna you know blow up to a five ERA, but uh, like he's not gonna do what he's doing. 
Um, and so it's just a matter of how much does he regress. Um, and I think he, the strikeouts are going to be there, um, I, I, you know, and he's definitely getting, I think, some help from, from humidor-related uh, activities. Uh, sure. But uh, I think... Better it, grip on that slider. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I'd say top 35 seems fair for right now, and that's with the ability to go up, obviously. Let's let's either or with some of your uh, some of your guys that you had ranked around there, understanding that you might be moving them too. But I think a lot of these guys that I'm going to give are performing just fine, so I doubt you're moving them too much. Uh, you had Richards at 33, Garrett Richards or Patrick Corbin. Ooh, I'm gonna oh, man. That's I got to look at one thing on Richards before I before I can answer that. He's it, currently not on the DL. Don't worry. Yeah, it's for me. It's <laughs> How is he going deep into games yet? And he's not really. Um, I guess I'm taking. I guess I'm taking Corbin. Wow, that that feels okay. really weird to say. Uh, Marcus Stroman, you had him 36th. Stroman or Corbin. Corbin? Michael Fulmer, you had him 39th. So you already had him a little bit lower than you're putting new Corbin, but Fulmer's been pitching well, so I figured I would ask Fulmer. him in case you were moving Fulmer up. Okay. Uh, what about Otani? Obviously, we haven't, you know, Otani. he's had two bummer starts since. Okay. Um, one more. I'll go a little bit higher. You had this guy 29th. Jake Arietta coming off a giant start. Arietta. Okay. So, you, I mean, that, I don't I don't think any of those are unfair. That's why I didn't push back on on any of them. Now, Cole Kyle had a Gibson. 20. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Chris Stratton. Chris Stratton. Well, he's number one. Yeah. Uh, you had Garrett Cole twenty second. How high would you be moving him? Is he top ten yet? I think he is. I agree. Uh, okay, so let's talk with some other top ten guys. Um, Cole or Thor? Good luck even deciding. Like how? How can you even like? What? What was the difference? Right. Uh, Thor, I guess. Yeah, because he's in the NL. Maybe like mm-hmm. that's. You have but to it's decide, so hard like, because like, factors like how that. much do I believe the Mets are actually good? Like. You know, I mean, no, I think that's fair. That's fair. Like, I, I, I can't really split. Like, I have a have a hard time really making a distinction between those two. Um, Cole is doing is ridiculous right now, and but and it's supported. And he's, you know, who I've been starting to kind of compare him to and say that this is his coming out. This is his his Scherzer emergence mm-hmm. because if you look at the the trajectory of Scherzer and how he was always like good but not. Not great. And in fact, he ended up getting sent down one year for a little bit for like a tune-up of like, get your head right. You know, things aren't going well right now. And then when he came back up from there, that was kind of that was kind of his birth into an ace because he went he went off the rest of that year. And then I think he won the Cy the next year. I don't think it was his Cy Young year, but like, and he didn't start really emerging as a super duper star until he was 28. And I think Garrett Cole's in his age 27 season this year. And so I I think those two are are. I think that's what we could be seeing. We could be seeing the start of of a Scherzer like uh, development for Cole because I think he is that kind of level. You, you don't uh, think he's cheating like Trevor Bauer suggested? Wait, what? He said he's cheating. Oh, you didn't hear about this? No, I missed this. Uh, Driveline Baseball tweeted out something about you know the, the guy who runs Driveline was all uh, Cowboy. Yeah, it was all is something about like you know I'll, I'll say it you know. You know, of course, Garrett Cole's having a great year because obviously he's using banned su- or he's using foreign substances. Bro, 
And then, of course, you know... That's uh, my response, is yeah. nothing. And, that's... and Bauer quote-tweeted it with, like, you know, some people have no morals or whatever. It was, yeah. This is, this is like, a week or week and a half ago, something like that. I miss that. That's... That's sad. That, mm-hmm. that, that's, all, that's the only way to describe it. That's sad. This is not like, you know... Kyle Gibson coming out and beasting or something. How dare you? This is like a legitimately good pitcher with major league talent and awesome. <laughs> you mean no, Tout but... Wars winning week, Kyle oh, Gibson. God. No, but seriously, this isn't like, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of even something like well beyond uh, Kyle Gibson. This is not Matthew Boyd putting up what Cole's doing and then all of a sudden just being like, hey, it's Matthew Boyd. You know, this is the number a one one who's shown excellence before, but never like fully put it. That's stupid. I'm sorry. That's stupid. I, I no, <laughs> I, I don't really subscribe to that. I I just think that that's so cheesy. Like that's the that's just the first place you go. I mean, like, they had like some sort of like you know they were looking at like the amount of RPMs uh, and you know in terms of spin rate like that he had uh, had grown this year or something like that. But still, at the end of the day, it's like. Uh, I think that's a leap, and even if it's not a leap, even if that is what's happening, like, you don't do that. Like, that's not, I don't know. Like, what's the point? You know, like, because if you're going to call out a guy like him, you're calling out every pitcher in the major leagues that uses some sort of, like, whether it's sunblock, you know, and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, their little arm mix. Yeah. who Who doesn't do that? And, like, you know, and... Like, how many players on the Indians do stuff like that? Like, are you know, I mean, like, Trevor Bauer should just be, you know, just shut up, you know, because you may end up, like, outing your own teammates, you know, if people start taking closer looks at these kind of things, and do you really need that? Um, you know, I don't know. It just, it's not cool yeah. from a baseball I, standpoint. And, like, I don't, especially I don't when you don't that, have man. proof. It, when there's no proof and and I don't know, is there any real reason to believe? Listen, if you're one of those that agrees with that and you think there's some reason to believe that and you have anything, hit me up. If there's some if there's some info I should be looking at to to, to suggest that maybe he's getting a little extra, uh, then I'll, I'll be open to at least uh, uh, looking at it. But it seems right now that throwing that out is just a bitch move. Yeah, it looks I'll like you might have deleted the tweet because I'm not. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I'm trying it's to find it. Yeah. How long ago do you think it was? I mean, he tweets a lot, yeah. and I like. Uh, by the way, I like you know, I like his thoughts on the game and pitching. Kyle Body, Kyle Bodie. I don't know if it's Body or Bodie, but uh, you know, he's always got interesting thoughts. He's not afraid to speak his mind though either, even if he has what he thinks is an unpopular popular opinion. So, um, you know, th- there it is. He's he's suggesting that Cole. Might be doing, yeah, I did like a search all the way back mm-hmm. to the fifteenth, and then I just control yeah, F for Cole. You found it? Yeah, April eleventh. Uh, he was uh, he was quote tweeting uh, Travis Sawchick from Fangraphs talking about oh, uh, t- talking about Garrett Cole throwing more fa- or throwing his fastball less, breaking stuff more. Um, and there's something in, into it. He wrote an article about it. And Kyle Bodie says, F it, I'll say it. It's pine tar and or firm grip. Use them if you want a higher spin fastball or slider, less effective on curveballs. Take my word for it or don't, but trust that I've studied it enough. 
Oh. Who cares? Yeah. I thought he was suggesting something much more nefarious. And then someone uh, <laughs> someone told him, uh, yeah, his sprint rate is actually down on his slider, though. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. So. I don't know. Okay, well, that just looks like bitterberry stuff. It is. Uh, it's, from, it totally from Bauer is. specifically, because, I don't know, he probably didn't like that Cole got the shine, and he didn't. He went third overall, though. I, I, I don't want to devolve too much into that, but uh, it's not surprising that people don't like Bauer. Okay. So, bottom line, to me, Garrett Cole, you know, is Top a, five? No. Okay, so you got the main four. They've well, done nothing to lose their perch. You had Severino fifth. He's still there for me, I think. Okay. DeGrom sixth. Still there. Straw seventh. Still there. I'll spare you the embarrassment of saying who your number eight was. Who was my number eight? Robbie Ray. I didn't Still there. Still no. <laughs> <laughs> still there. No, so you put Thor and then Cole there at, at eight nine or nine eight, however, you know, in in one th- order or Yeah, I think I'm going Thor, Cole. And then it's Martinez, and then of course Bumgarner nicks him, Grinky, Carrasco, Verlander. Verlander probably moves up too from fourteen. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the top ten. I had him tenth personally, so I, I'd be moving him up. He'd be close to the top five there. I think I might go the main four. Pitching is easy. God. <laughs> Hitting is the hard one. Um, all right. That's going to wrap us up. I think we're on for this weekend with, with Jason. I forget what day, but we'll figure that out. And then when are you going to Hawaii? I leave Thursday, and I come back okay. the following Thursday. So we'll just so have to we'll push, up, uh, push up a day this yeah. week and push back a day next week. Okay. That, that sounds good. And then um, – yeah, so we'll get that worked out. I think we're on for the weekend, y'all. Um, if not, then you'll hear from us early, earlier next week on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on uh, how our schedules line up. Well, great talking with you, Justin. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download squad ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download squad ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool how does squad ql actually do this the app connects directly with your yahoo espn and cbs leagues pulling in your actual roster your league scoring system the app also provides waiver wire recommendations daily updates to player rankings and much more head to the apple app or google play stores to download squad ql your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager squad ql is brought to you by the creators of roto ql the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.